Literally, we've got Santa Claus on the show this week. But don't worry, we'll also talk about some news. All next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today are Ellie Tolbert. Hi. Haley Cawthon. Hi there. And Michael L. Jones. How you doing out there? Later on the show, we're going to be joined by Shay Van Hoy and Lincoln Crum, who is a man who has made a business out of playing Santa Claus. That's what I was talking about in that intro. And let me tell you, I'm going to post a picture on our website at least. And uh, boy, he really does resemble Santa Claus. And he's definitely got the Christmas spirit. So I think it'll be a fun interview. I sat in on it. Um, uh, which I usually don't. I usually, Shay records them and then just hands them to me, but this one I sat in on, so uh, good interview. Um, Anyway, before we get to everything here, let me tell you, the Access Louisville podcast is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news on what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to start with some economic development. You know, get those vegetables out of the way, and then we'll get to the uh, to the treats, which is uh, Santa Claus. Uh, but no, it's, uh, Michael, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call your story vegetables. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so economic. You know, Mayor Greenberg been in office about a year. He comes out the last year. He's been kind of studying what to do on economic development. He's gathered all these stakeholders, and then he uh, releases the plan this week. So uh, it had four main points. Why don't we start there? Okay, yeah. Uh, In August, he started having these meetings with about 80 stakeholders, and uh, they had released a draft report uh, back in November. And so yesterday, um, they did the final version after getting some public input. And basically, the main things were stuff that we didn't really need to study to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the first was uh, the need to invest in quality of place, mm-hmm. especially more public amenities, mm-hmm. um, the need to invest in people. And he talked about education and uh, K through 12, but right. we know, like, like, universal, like, pre-K is one of his, um, you know, uh, items that he wants to focus on Mm -hmm. and then the need to increase um investment and access to capital i think we've written before about how little venture capital (laughs) louisville um uh, investors spend locally and so uh he also talked about you know having the state put more money towards mm-hmm. helping entrepreneurs. And the last one, which is something else we've talked about, is that Louisville's not good at telling its story. Mm-hmm. And and we need to create like a distinctive brand that uh, will um, attract people and businesses. Mm-hmm. I, I would uh, I would absolutely agree with that. I think uh, I think Louisville could be better at uh, telling what's cool about Louisville. Mm-hmm. And as far as public amenities go, um, I guess they didn't get into the like specifics of the public amenities, um, but uh, always happy to see you know. Yeah, well, they're they're already doing some of it. Like they're turning the, Belved- the Belvedere into a park, mm-hmm. and uh, you know some of the things are uh, initiatives that he's already working on. But we talked about stuff that they're going to need the state to help them with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, 
that kind of leads to my next <laughs> question too. Do you think the state can help uh, help out on on this? Um, it's hard to get those two to team up. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one thing. Well, you know, Greenberg has a better relationship with Frankfurt than Fisher that did, mm-hmm. and that's one thing a lot of people have said. Um, but uh, one thing that he, they would like, like uh, the tax incentives in Kentucky are basically geared towards manufacturing. You know, that's our traditional bread and butter agricultural related. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, tech jobs, tech companies, they bring good jobs. And uh, so he won't, <laughs> I'm sorry, he wants to broaden mm-hmm. Uh, the the types of incentives that we uh, offer. Okay. Yeah, well, um, be glad to uh, see some of this start rolling out. Um, I think it was an interesting plan. I think I'm glad he's, ec- he's addressing economic development. That's certainly something that um, seemingly not a lot of people were happy with Fisher on economic development. So um, it seems to be going his own path on that. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, Fisher really leaned into the bourbon. So yeah, <laughs> the true. Bourbon I want, yeah, give him credit. Um, the, yeah, a lot. Like downtown certainly changed a lot over the twelve. He was mayor for twelve years. Yeah. Um, over the twelve years he was. Yeah, mayor, I so. think that that towards the end people were getting tired of him, but yeah. you know, it was funny. Yeah, you're right <laughs> about that. Like he was popular for like ten of the twelve years. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well. Um, We'll we'll move on here and go to the interview with uh, with Shay and uh, and uh, Lincoln Crum, uh, aka Santa Claus. Uh, interesting uh, story. He uh, you know Lincoln Crum uh, has a real estate and auctions background, but then he kind of found his way into the business of being a Santa Claus for hire, and um, and going to corporate events and doing speeches and and doing uh, different things. And uh, he kind of talks about his training to that and his road to that and kind of how he found the Christmas spirit. So a uh, very good interview, and we'll just go ahead and go to that now. Welcome to the Access Louisville Executive Interview. Today we're joined by Lincoln Crum, who is the owner of My Local Santa and also the owner of Lincoln Crum Realty and Auctions. And I will tell you that uh, it's a special treat today, and we'll get into more of that in a bit. But Lincoln, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. First thing I want to tell you, Shay, is Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Uh, and that will be the theme for our talk today. Um, so I'm going to set the scene for you. We're in our podcast studio downtown right now. And, um, you know, Lincoln, if you haven't seen him, uh, you know, you go to our website to this story. Uh, we just took a picture of him also to mylocalsanta.com. Plenty of photos there. But um, you look like a prototypical, prototypical Santa, and it's not, it's not faked up, right? Right. Um, so, you know, your real beard, your real hair, uh, you've had gray hair, so it's probably as long as I've known you. Um, but, so you already had the look, mm-hmm. but you've told me this story, but take me back to how you decided to become Santa, that kind of epiphany you had. Sure. In October of 21, uh, one of my best friends had a Halloween party, and... We thought it'd be fun that I'd order a Santa suit on Amazon and wear it and see what I look like. And this was before I had come out of the Santa's closet. <laughs> and um, so I went, I was getting ready for the party and I put my little fake glasses, gold rim glasses on and I put the hat on and Shay, I'm telling you, I 
I really literally started crying. I couldn't believe it. I felt some spirit come over my, you know, my soul a little bit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I really do look like Santa. And my beard was pretty short then compared to the way it is now. And I went to the party and talked myself into booking about, I don't know, eight or 10 home visits that first year and working on the square in Charlestown in my Amazon suit that I bought and my rubber boots. And I thought that the suit made Santa. And after about two times of wearing it, I realized it doesn't matter what your suit is. The suit helps you be the vessel for Santa's spirit. But if you've got the twinkle in your eye and you've got the dimple in your cheek and you embrace the feeling of it, you become Santa to people. And I have done that, and I've also become Santa to myself. It's my true authentic role that I'm going to spend for the rest of my life, probably as a performer and a professional speaker and entertainer and business of being Santa, Santa type person, because I absolutely love it. That's I awesome. mean, it's wonderful. So it, I got hooked pretty quick, and I got hooked before I had my fancy suits, before I had any contracts. I got hooked when it really needed to, and that was right after COVID. We are, you know, Santa short in this country, and I'm like, oh, this could be a great retirement plan for me someday, and I just ran with it. Right, right. So uh, your your business is called My, My Local Santa, mm-hmm. and that's the website as well, mm-hmm. .com at the end. Uh, so now that you're a few years in, how how is business, and how often are you booked at events, um, and what type of events are you most commonly doing um, this this season? This season has a heavy emphasis on big public events, Charlestown Light Up. I did the Jeffersonville Light Up, uh, Clarksville, Town of Clarksville Brunch. Um, this past summer, I was the Louisville Bat Santa, and that was a whole lot of fun yeah. for Christmas in July. The Louisville Zoo, I did three different days with them. Um, I do a lot of personal visits that are either a quasi-home visit, a quick pop-by. My first season, I did about 40, 50 home visits. This year, I'm doing less than 10. Okay, yeah. Um, it's, it is a difficult, it's a, it's a different bear when you walk into somebody's house, especially during the holidays, if it's at night and people are drinking. It's, <laughs> it's real hard to control the environment. And I learned that too much alcohol in a family home setting can steal Christmas magic from children. And I can't, I can't baby whisper, you know, I can't talk to toddlers non-verbally. I can't communicate with little kids if I have a bunch of loud adults. And so I decided to pull back from those, do the public events, and then also build a Santa studio in Charlestown. And that's where I do a lot of private visits and one-on-one experiences. And that's, those are a whole lot of fun. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, Charlestown aspect um, uh, in, in a bit. Um, so uh, as a business publication, we always ask this question of, uh, of everyone interview, you know, um, how lucrative is, is being Santa? Um, you know, and, and as we mentioned, you've been involved in real estate and auctioning for, mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Have you put, like during the season, do you pull back on that to, to make, I mean, and, and then also like uh, how many appearances are you doing a week mm-hmm. as Santa? Yeah. Um, so to answer the question, I've always been in the realty and auction business my whole life. I'm sure I'll have a real estate deal going someday when I die, just because <laughs> it's been in my genes. My dad did it. It's just who I am. My dad was also a Santa Claus. He was a Santa at the Green Tree Mall. 
And oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, don't think he's as that. I, as I have discovered on my Santa journey, I was uh, found a bunch of old pictures. I was a Santa kid. Uh, my parents dressed me up in a little Santa suit the first Christmas. I was two months old. It's just been in my genes and DNA, and it took me about fifty two years to realize that. And then once I came out, I realized, well, you know, I can do this and my realty and auction. I have a small realty and auction company, two employees and myself. Um, I'm the only real estate broker in both states. And so I manage a very tight group of clients. The real estate business does fall off some from November to uh, February a lot of times. So I take advantage of that. Um, I do both. I'm, yep. I'm emailing real estate and Santa clients all at the same time, <laughs> all day, every single day. And, um, but I think that the real future for me will be uh, leaning in and forging ahead with the Santa. There is enough business for me to do it year round. Um, if you do photo shoots in the spring and the fall and you have your Christmas season and then you have a Christmas in July and I really have to believe, Shay, I have to believe that this Santa journey is going to take me all over the world. And um, I have had some really wonderful response early on. And I love the business element of it and how we can take that and um, provide income for me and my team. I've, my daughter is my business manager. She works out of Maryland for me, but she does all my scheduling, mm -hmm. all my contracts, all my marketing. She's a millennial. She's the one doing all my social media ads. Those aren't me. Yeah. <laughs> um, because she understands who our client base is. And I have the same demographic client in my realty and auction as I do in my Santa. And that's pretty much 40 to 70-year-old females. 78% of my followers are, are those people. And they are my clients in the realty and auction. And they're also my booking their little kids and grandkids to come see me as Santa Claus. Great. Can you, can you give us an idea of like a court, like a two hour corporate outing, just a ballpark figure on what like fee wise. Mm -hmm. um, so there are varying levels of Santa, just like <laughs> there are varying cost and levels of Santa suits. And then you have, is the Santa a performer or just there to take photos? So for me, something like that is going to be anywhere in the 500 to $2,500 range. Great. Um, some Santa start in the 50 to hundred dollar range. Some do it for free and that's great. I believe there are three types of Santas. I believe there's a Santa that puts a Santa suit on and it's fun and it's amateur and we're having a good time. And then I believe there's a Santa that does it professionally as an sure. entertainer and also has the Santa heart about them and wants to help their community. And then there's the old dudes that really believe they're Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm, I'm the second one. I'm in the middle. Yeah. It, it is, it is a way for me to, um, keep the present moment and the cr present Christmas magic alive all year round. And that, that makes the most sense for me. Right. That's awesome. And, uh, as we've talked before, um, Link and I have known e each other for a while and we met up recently and kind of, this is where the genesis for him coming on the podcast kind of came from. And I was like, Hey, you know what? This would be a good, good thing to do this year for the podcast, but you've also been using your, uh, your business and your platform and your notoriety as Santa for good causes. And cause mm -hmm. you, um, uh, not that be, not that having a business is a bad cause as we know we're, we're Louisville business first, but could you talk about some of the, the philanthropic things that you all are doing related to this, this season? Yeah, you bet. So one of the first things that I started saying a couple of years ago was I am paid handsomely by some 
to be Santa Claus so I can do it for those that don't have those resources. So if I do a corporate event, I want to make sure I've got a balance of an adoption agency or a daycare where kids don't have enough money to go see Santa or Wayside Christian Mission, which I'm doing this Sunday for 90 minutes. And what happened to me, Shay, when I first became Santa, I started having kids tell me that they wanted food for Christmas. And it absolutely floored me, man. I'm like, oh, oh, we got to do something about that. And so I decided that I was going to do something about it. And I went on a mission earlier uh, this fall, and I raised um, anywhere between ten dollars and $12,000 in 25 and $50 gift cards. Yeah. And so when somebody tells me that they're hungry or they don't have any food, I give them a 25 or $50 gift card to one of the grocery stores in town. I always have them on me. And you can tell people that are food insecure. You can tell if somebody's insecure uh, with uh, their resources by the way they look, by the way they smell, by the way they handle themselves. And, you know, I tell every, everybody, including professional Santas, man, we got to read the room. We're reading the room, not just on the littles, who wants to see us and who doesn't, but we have to read the room on the parents, the grandparents, the uncles. we got to watch everything. And that's important to me to be able to recognize folks that need help, and I can slide them a card. And I'm going to tell you, a $25 or $50 gift card when you're least expecting it and you are food insecure, it goes a long way in the spirit. And I get to deliver that, right? Yeah, I yeah. get to be a part of that. And the Santa vessel, it's is that's what it is there for so it's fun to be in the studio taking photos and doing all kinds of really neat event stuff but we have to do something with that like you said with right. with the influence and that me i'm feeding people man i'm feeding people and people that may not eat tonight that's that's my deal as santa and i couldn't be happier about that that's awesome. Yeah, great stories. Great for you to be able to, to kind of balance that too with, you know, the business side and, and helping people in the spirit of, you know, I think the spirit that you're feeling while you're doing this. Um, well, I wanted to, to talk uh, also, we often on the show, um, you know, allow our guests to, to plug some things. So, uh, you know, you're teaming up with your partner, uh, Rachel, who's uh, the owner of Orange Clover in Jeffersonville, uh, one of the things I miss about not working in Jeffersonville, uh, I used to work at the uh, at the News and Tribune uh, with our podcast producer, David, um, is having Orange Clover next to me. It's a fantastic restaurant. If you have or have not been, please go. But you all are, are teaming up for some things, including uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, and so tell us about that. And then also you, you kind of mentioned before we went on the air uh, that you have some other events sure. maybe planned for, for next year. Yeah. So what happened was Rachel booked me for a Santa brunch last year in 2022. And man, we hit it off. And um, we were both at a stage in our life where we probably, um, you know, it was good for us to, to meet up and we got pretty close and rekindled a friendship and did a wonderful Santa brunch last year. And then at Christmas time announced that we were uh, in a relationship together and I hopped in the kitchen with her. I'm her sous chef on a bunch of events that cool. she does. And she's a dynamite chef and small business owner and mom and friend and uh, partner, girlfriend. She's just fantastic. And she has a ton of energy. And so we combine my energy and her energy and our followings to bring experience events to the community that involve some form of entertainment, um, but also food and also something that you're not going to get anywhere else. So like this Saturday, we're doing a Mean Green, also known as the G-R-I-N-C-H. <laughs> 
um, and myself in a three-course brunch at the Orange Clover. And uh, we have 60 tickets, I think, available. We're, we've got 40 of them committed to or sold for. We secured a sponsorship with Shoe Sensation. They're donating a pair of shoes for every pair of our set of tickets that we sell. Cool. And so it's bringing community events to, to Southern Indiana that are maybe a little bit different or a, like we've talked about doing a, a murder Santa murder mystery party <laughs> at the Clover. We'll both do events down there, and then we'll do events at my Santa studio in Charlestown. I have been delivering a talk called Santa Among Us, where I talk about what it's like to have become Santa Claus. And I, I start in all black, and I have my pieces of my suit, and I put my suit on as I tell my talk, and I share good things and bad things. There are tough things that you hear as Santa. I underestimated the work element of what it was like to be a Santa, but I'm ready for it now. Um, mm -hmm. I take good, tried to take good care of my physical self. The thing that I didn't do early on was recognize that people tell you some difficult and sad things. And so I wasn't ready therapy wise, but I've used this year to meet with a therapist and talk about it and share some things and journal and write some things because you do have to process because you don't forget things that people tell you right. as Santa, good and bad. And so to me, I want to make it the best Santa experience that I can for myself and that's why I'm like, mental health-wise, we have, we have to do this. Because there are some people at Christmas time having a tough time. Sure. And you have to coach them along and console them and say, it's going to be okay, I promise. And you got to be authentic with that, too. And you got to really mean it. And so that's why I take care of myself so I can be able to do those things and keep good, positive, surround myself with good, hardworking, positive, creative people like Rachel and my daughter and my friend set and the community that has supported me in this endeavor. It's pretty right. amazing. Right. And where, uh, if tickets are still available when this, when this uh, post on Friday would be the day before, where can people go to get those? MyLocalSanta.com. Okay. On the website. Yeah. Um, I wanted to shift gears to some of, uh, you know, you mentioned there's a Santa shortage uh, in the country, but you've also gotten involved nationally with some conferences and just talk about that experience in networking and learning about Santa's across the country, maybe the world sure. who come together. Yeah, you bet. I'll tell you, you, you haven't Santa'd until you've gone to a Santa con or a Santa school where there's anywhere from a hundred to 700 people dressed up as Santa or Christmas characters. The first one I went to, uh, was April of 22. It was the day after Santa Walt passed away. Santa Walt was Louisville Santa for a long time, and he was a great Santa, and he had passed. And I went to this con in Atlanta, and I'm like, I really feel like there is a torch passing for some reason. And no disrespect to other Santas have been doing it a long time. I just, I felt a spirit. And I flew to Atlanta, and I, I walked around in all black for three days because I, I didn't want to, you know, I stood out. I was trying not to stand out, but I stood out. <laughs> and um, it was amazing. I love being around big groups of Santos. Um, you can always find napping Santas, so they are fun to take pictures of. <laughs> but I've been to uh, Santa School in Midland, Michigan, at Charles Howard. I was a member of the 85th graduating class. And they teach you about really important things, Santa etiquette, things to do, things to say. I don't know if you noticed, but I wear my green gloves a lot. And I wear my green gloves because I want people to, I want them to pop in the, in the photo and I want people to recognize me by that apparel item. But also always, you'll make sure you'll always see both of my hands in any picture that we're taking with anyone. From a liability standpoint and a marketing standpoint, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I learned things like that at Santa School. You learn things like 
What do you say when a little boy tells you? I had a little boy uh, last season tell me the only thing he wanted for Christmas was his grandpa to come back because he had just passed away. And that'll hit you. That'll knock you down to the floor if you're not ready. And it did. But I learned at Santa School what to tell him. And I, I took a break for a minute, told everybody to put their camera down. And I told him that I, I, I tried to be empathetic and let him know that I understood that this is difficult times. But I said, you know what? Every time that you're thinking about him or if you're having a day and you get butterflies in your belly or, you know, you just get a little nervous and you don't know why, that's your grandpa just coming by to tell you that he loves you <laughs> and he wishes he was here with you, but he's checking on you and you're going to be okay. I promise. If you have somebody that tells you that, that is not a family member that's disinterested, but is also the most interested person in your world as a little kid, I have to believe that has a strong impact on him. And I get to be a little coaching micro. Sometimes I think I'm like a micro coach, micro <laughs> uh, therapist, right? And, and big time grant wisher. Yeah. People love to uh, grant their wishes because, man, they people ask for everything. It blow <laughs> your mind the things they ask for. Right, right. We're going to move on to the lightning round real quick. So just real quick answers on these. Uh, you already. I was going to ask you if you saw this as turning into a full-time gig. You already You already kind of answered that. Like, that's where you're headed. Yes. You know, you're headed with this. But So uh, we'll, we'll go to some holiday-themed ones. Uh, what's your favorite part about being Santa? When I get to connect with a four or five year old little kid who is not scared to see me and sees nothing but the image of me and they feel the spirit and they embrace me for a hug or they want to take a picture, they get a big smile on their face. That's the number one thing for me. Awesome. Your favorite Hollywood Santa, portrayal of Santa. So movie. Jim Allen, the Santa Claus, 1994, Scott Calvin. I sometimes feel like. I'm a real life version of that movie. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad you had something ready because David and I were talking about questions here and, and we didn't really give Lincoln a chance to look at these. That's before. okay. So uh, favorite Christmas carol or holiday song. Mm, oh, I like, I like Rudolph. Yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I probably sing that the most with littles. I, when I first started, I didn't know all the reindeer names, so I had to learn them, and the song helped me with that. Right. And one final one, what do you want for Christmas this year? I think I've got it coming. Um, I fly out on Christmas Eve. I'll probably fly out in a Santa suit on southwest of Maryland, and I get to go spend the night with my two little grandsons and wake up Christmas morning with them. And they're two and five almost, and I've never done that with them. Oh, that's awesome. So that that's the number one thing I want for Christmas, and I'm getting that. Awesome. Well, great story. Uh, you know, I when we met uh, up for uh, up re, up up recently, and you're telling me about this, and I didn't really know how like how far you had you know advanced this, and so it's awesome to see, and glad you're out, you know, making people smile. Um, real quick again, tell people where they can uh, find you on both your website and social media. Everything under my local Santa. I go by Santa Lincoln, but our brand is my local Santa because who knows? We may have my local Santas all over the country someday. Um, so you can just find us online. I'm pretty easy to find if you just Google Santa Lincoln or Lincoln Crum. Yeah. And I did have one final thing I want to leave with you. Sure. One of the things that's the most key element for me to leave with people as Santa is I want to remind everybody that the most important thing is not the present under the Christmas tree, but it's the present moment that we can preserve with each other, not only at Christmas, but all year long. 
Awesome. Great messaging for the holidays. We wish you a Merry Christmas, uh, Lincoln. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And keep us posted on your, your future endeavors. And thanks. That's a wrap. And we'll send it back to the team. Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks, Shay and Lincoln. Uh, and Sa- Shay and Santa, I should <laughs> say. Um, I know I know it's probably already a long show, but uh, like I said, we missed one back there, so we're, we're making up for it. We're going to do some, uh, some extra show for you here. A um, few last things is what I call this section of the show. Um, Ellie, you wrote a story about a glamping, glamping uh, place. That's correct. Yes, uh, <laughs> that is glamorous camping. Um, yes. And... Uh, and it had a surprising location. It's, in, it's, uh, it's uh, near GE Appliance. Yeah, it's um, right in the middle of Butchel. And you really wouldn't know that it's there, but it's really close to GE Appliance Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called Progress Park. And it is 12 acres. It's a campground slash event venue type deal. Um, but it is glamping. So it's they have, um, I think it's seven Airstream trailers and three cabins. And um, you can like either rent the whole place and also kind of rent the cabins and you know stay there for family reunions or whatever, or you can rent the individual uh, accommodations. Yeah, and it comes with yeah, it comes with like bedding, Wi-Fi, TVs. So yeah. it's not camping, but it is you know they they have a big lake and kayaks and canoes and yeah yard games and it sounds all fun. that giant chess. I actually giant chess. Yeah, cool. I actually um, I wrote about that they're building a new event center. Um, It's 10,000 square feet, and they're hoping to have it done by the spring of 2024. But I actually got to attend a wedding there this past October. Um, It was my cousin's wedding, Mm -hmm. and uh, so they had the temporary tent at the time, which this new event center is taking the place of. But it was really, I mean, I loved it. It Mm. was like perfect for this wedding. Um, Giant chess, giant connect four, all of that was really fun. How giant is the chess? Giant, like bigger, like taller than you, or <laughs> no, not, not that quite. giant. Um, <laughs> I gotta say that's not that hard though. Um, but no, it was like you, this is an audio format, so you can't see what I'm doing with my hand. But I'm maybe four like four feet, yeah, three maybe feet. three tall feet. Pieces. Yeah, yeah, three feet tall pieces. Mm-hmm. That's pretty giant. Yeah, and I then mean, also compared we were, to the regular, one. right? Compared to regular chess, which is again audio format, can't see what I'm doing with my hand, like, but I am doing yeah. little. Half finger, <laughs> one finger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so like for my cousin's wedding, we uh, rented a cabin and like all the cousins stayed in the cabin because um, we had some cousins in from out of town and whatnot. So it was really, it was really great. As uh, well, did you, so you guys stayed there? I was going to ask if anyone's been glamping, but it sounds like you have been glamping. Yeah, I have been, I guess it was, yeah, it, it, the way that it was so. For a special event. Not maybe. really camping because yeah. I was like staying in a cabin with he and air conditioning well not air conditioning since it was october but you know what i mean all of mm-hmm. that um but so yeah so yeah i stayed there and it was really sweet yeah yeah i used to camp but i've never glamped i i have you've glamped mm-hmm. yeah um some friends of our ours have a, a land in selham indiana mm-hmm. and so they used to invite everyone up to pitch tents and all that mm-hmm. but they had a summer house there 
with a bathroom and a kitchen and a bedroom. Oh, nice. And I always stayed in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it, after a few years, it became a thing. Like, the house was reserved for me. <laughs> <laughs> good good for you. Because I'm not a camping person. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't camped in a long time, so I used to. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm glamping this weekend. Oh, wow. Ooh, all the glamping. In Northern California. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said where. I knew that. Where, everyone's like, where? And where? I've been talking nonstop yeah. about <laughs> for like yeah. two weeks. Uh, I just guess I didn't realize you would be technically glamping on this. Yeah, trip, we're in you rent a cabin. Yes, or? we're in a cabin that's like near an RV park. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm excited. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited for you. I, I love national parks. You're going to Redwood Redwood National Park. So yeah, that's uh, that sounds awesome. I'm going to get out there someday. Um, all right. Well, let's see here. Um, switching gears just a little bit to uh, Katie Hearn. Um, I guess tell us about her first, and then she has a new fitness app. Yeah, so she is one of the co-founders of Alani New. Um, she th- it was founded by four people, one, including her and her husband Hayden Schneider is his name. Um, she has a Instagram following and social media following, and she has for a long time. Um, and so I think when Alani New uh, was first launched, it was kind of because that product is geared towards women and mm-hmm. so she was one of the founders because she has a very women-centric fitness platform mm-hmm. um, and so she had her own kind of brand called Fit by Katie um, but she recently launched a new brand called Sesh um, and so she launched an app for that and it's uh, just a fitness app where you can subscribe and get either like virtual one-on-one training or uh, groups focused training which is that's the difference between her old uh, brand and her new brand is kind of the focus on community aspect of it I think it's cool we have this influencer with a Louisville tie Mm -hmm. I mean she's not like Jack Harlow who says Louisville every couple Mm -hmm. of words but she you know she she was based here she found the company here yeah and she has a couple other brands that are all based here so she has a CBD brand called Onyx and Rose and then a workout clothing brand called Story and all of those are based in Louisville yeah yeah, so very cool. Um, good to see someone from Louisville, like, building an enterprise here. So um, let's see here. Michael, uh, new restaurant. We, didn't, we don't get a ton of restaurant news, but we always got a little. Um, you you uh, went to this new place, Tika Tacos. You said it was pretty good, right? It was very good. <laughs> and when I heard Indian and Mexican, I wasn't really <laughs> expecting much. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect when <laughs> yeah. I saw that name, Tika Tacos. And <laughs> it's in um, where New Wave Burritos was in Audubon Park. Um, Is that near U of L? It's not too far, but it's closer to the fairgrounds. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, and so. Um, yeah, it was created by two um, like uh, guys in their early twenties, and and uh, they said they were hanging out and they had some Indian food and Mexican food, and they mixed it together, and they they decided that they were going to do a food truck, but then the New Wave Burrito closed back in August, and so they they moved into that space. And uh, they opened up in September because Louder Than Life and mm-hmm. Bourbon and Beyond. So they hadn't remodeled or anything. They just opened up and started handing out flyers because they didn't have any signage. Yeah, might as well with that big yeah. event going on. Yeah, and they said they did pretty good. So then after they opened, they closed to do the renovations. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, now they're open and um, the neighborhood has asked for more regular Indian food because there's not an Indian restaurant around. Oh, yeah. So they have kind of like the fusion dishes and then the Indian. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, just regular right. Indian food. Yeah, I had the Bollywood tacos there. And it's just like a regular taco, except they use uh, pieces of tikka, chicken tikka masala. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a vegetarian, they'll do the paneer tikka masala. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's on a flatbread instead of a, of a taco, a taco shell. shell. But uh, then they put the all the Mexican toppings on top of it. <laughs> well, it's, it's got a little kick to it. But yeah. It's very good. Yeah. And both Indian and Mexican food usually kind of spicy. So yeah, uh, yeah, so. you you have to like spicy. <laughs> yeah, and I, <laughs> to go there. It sounds good. I, I like spicy. So yeah, and they got full bar too. So yeah, always always a plus. Um, let's see here. Well, I mentioned U of L <laughs> accidentally, but uh, speaking of U of L, the former um, the former athletics director Vince Tyra has a new job. Haley, where did he end up? Yeah, he's the new president and CEO of Gildon Activewear. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. I think it's Gildon. Gil- Gildon, Gildon. It's based in Montreal, Canada. So however the Canadians would say it, that's how it's pronounced. Um, but there's some controversy there because the co-founder of um, Gildan, <laughs> Gildon um, said that the board unexpectedly ousted him. Um, so... Not sure what's happening there, but Vince Tyra is set to take over um, yeah. next year, and there's an interim president right now. Yeah, and uh, he has a background in the uh, in the apparel uh, world. Yeah, he was actually before he did anything with U of L, he was the president of Fruit of the Loom, yeah. um, which I didn't know until I wrote the story. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember like I remember that when he became uh, the athletic director. Um, but, uh, but yeah, good, good for him. Got a, he's got a new job. It's been a, like a top story. Everybody wants to know what's up with Vince Tyra. Well, before he was at, before he accepted this new position, he was at, um, Houchins Industries, which is based in Bowling Green, but they've been buying up several little companies, including Feeder's Pet Supply or now just Feeder Supply. Wait, no, reverse that. Yes. It's, it was it Feeder Supply. It was Feeder Supply. Now it's Feeder's Pet Supply. Um, that was purchased by Houchins and um, Air Hydropower yeah. was bought by Houchins, two Louisville companies. So yeah. I bet he had a hand in that. <laughs> yeah, um, they they make investments all you know all over Kentucky, a lot of different industries too. So, um, all right. Well, speaking of U of L athletics, Michael, this isn't like I mean you're not a sports reporter or anything, <laughs> but uh, just I know you a follow lifelong U of L thing. Yeah, you follow U of L basketball. <laughs> it's been bleak, uh, and I keep hearing people talk about Kenny Payne. What's going to happen with Kenny uh, Payne? Oh. <laughs> oh man, I everybody knows by now it's over. It's gonna. I mean, we it's got to be right. We lost to Arkansas State yesterday, <laughs> and fans are booing, and you know the whole Karan Davis thing, where like. Is he on the team? Is he off the team? You know, we talk more about what's happening, <laughs> the drama going on off court than we do what's yeah. happening. And I had really high hopes last I year. I did too. And I, and I gave him a year. People were calling for his ouster yeah. last year. And I was like, all right, let him get his recruiting class in there. Yeah. 
He and said it was Joel, be our uh, other reporter, Joel, he's a U of L fan. He said that nobody's signed for next year. I know. So it's yeah. like, why do we got this big recruiter that can't recruit? Yeah, it's uh, it's looking bad. So, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it seems like there, there's got to be something on that front here. Yeah, much. and and for businesses, you know, uh, like especially restaurants downtown. Yeah. That's like fans not showing up for games. That's hurting their bottom line, yeah, too. I bet. Scott and I um, went to one U of L game, like, I think this was before the pandemic. And I feel like the Yum Center just isn't the right venue for a college basketball team. As someone who went to Indiana University, um, so speaking of attendance, yeah. I feel like the Yum Center looks empty even when the team is good, um, like 2019. Uh, they had a good team in 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. And and I hear that from other, uh, especially, I don't know, It's I think it's a Kentucky thing because Rupp's so big and the Yum Center's so big. Um, but I've been in there when it was packed, and uh, and I remember sitting next to, the, to some kids from Virginia who came in, and they were like, they, they were just like, why is this downtown why like are there any students at this school like because it was like the whole town was there it wasn't like it didn't feel like a college basketball game and i just remember like you know like i was kind of talking to them they were just kind of salty because louisville was beating virginia's butt back then um but uh but yeah i i was talking to them and just you know i think i've told the story on the podcast before but uh i think people from outside of kentucky come here and they're like what the hell is this? <laughs> because I'm like, IU. Yeah. Uh, what, what's it called? Assembly Hall. Assembly right? Hall. Yep. It, yeah. it feels like a college basketball place. And, um, you know, I think that's what most of the world is used to, or most of the U.S. is used to. Right. Um, but all that is to say is um, I also watched the Arkansas State game last night. And um, I feel bad, you know, when the fans are out there, like, booing Kenny, booing the team. Like, it's not like they're out there intentionally losing like um not that anything happens by accident but like you have to assume that they're you know trying they're their trying. best yeah. yes <laughs> um but i don't know i'm uh I, yeah you're probably right i mean some fans can definitely take it too far especially after a few beers yeah, yeah i well, saw it's been like i don't know a 10 years or something to like L basketball it's kind of been in this long been, yeah, slump yeah we bring him back with Tino. <laughs> I don't think he'd come back now. <laughs> He's happy in New York. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's see here. Before we go, one last thing. It's kind of go. We sh- I should have lined this up better. Should have done this after glamping. But uh, there is an expansion at a Louisville park. The Parklands just made a big purchase, right, Haley? Yep. The Parklands of Floyd's Fork just um, bought 660 <laughs> acres of additional land. Um, to expand the park system and I reached out for more information about like how much this investment will be and um, like how long it's going to take before the the new areas are open to the public and hadn't heard back Um, but it sounds like it'll be under construction for a while um, so people won't be able to see what the new spaces look like but um, the parklands are pretty cool if you haven't been there yeah Um, it's easy to not know where you're at, <laughs> yeah. Even if you have a map, <laughs> I went. I don't go there. I used to go there a lot when I lived in the Hurstbourne area, um, 
And then I tried to go recently to one of their bike trails, like as part of the Louisville Loop goes through there. And um, unfortunately, like a bridge was under construction or something. So it like I, I could only go like a couple of miles and I had to turn around. But uh, hopefully they got that fixed because the Louisville Loop, cool biking place if you're into biking. So, um, all right. Well, I think that's all we got for you this week. Um, pretty, uh, pretty robust show, I think. Uh, before we go, we will sign off here like we always do. Uh, Ellie, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert, or on X at BFLU Eleanor. Yes. And uh, Haley, where can people find you? People can find me on X at BFLU Haley or on LinkedIn under my name, Haley Cawthon. How about you, Michael? You can find me on X at uh, BFLU Michael or on LinkedIn under my name, Michael Jones. Of course, you can find me on LinkedIn under my real name, David A. Mann. You can also find this podcast under, uh, you can find this podcast on all the popular podcasting services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public. Um, If you really, really like this podcast, we are looking for a sponsor. Uh, If you're interested in that, you can get a home, get a, get a hold of our ad sales director, Doug James. His email address is djames at bizjournals.com. Thank you very much, Ellie, Haley, and Michael. Thank you very much, Lincoln Crumb and Shea Van Hoy and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, thank you guys for listening to us at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye.